Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the episode. This week's episode is part two to my What I Learned from My Breakup episode. So if you have not listened to episode one, you should go back from last week's episode and listen to that because I gave some ground rules for the breakup episodes in that, as in I'm not sharing this to receive sympathy, and I'm not sharing any of this to tear down my ex, Um, as well as I shared lies that I struggled with when the breakup happened, mindset changes I had to make to go through the grieving process properly, and then how to find beauty in the ashes. So, Like I said, if you have not listened to that episode already, go back and listen to that episode and then come back and listen to this one. Okay, enough rambling with that. Uh, Today's episode, I want to start off with sharing some encouragement for the one who grew up in the church or a home who taught that your relationship needs to end in marriage. Yes, please don't take this as I'm like, date whoever the heck you want, even if it doesn't end in marriage. Don't, Don't jump to those conclusions. But I do want to share this because I think there's this pressure that stems from the purity culture movement of protecting your heart. But in all reality, it really has set us up with a lot of pressure. Intentionality that out of a place of control and fear and just not trusting God, that it's like, okay, I have to make this work, like no matter what. And truly, it just, it caused our hearts to step into dating with this immediate thought of, I need to date with this purpose of marriage which, like I said, I agreed totally 100% on, but also this person needs to be it. Otherwise, we did fail. It really comes down to this fear of failure if it doesn't work out. So even if you see red flags, you try to force it to work because they have to be it. They have to be the quote, quote, the one. And so I'll be making a podcast episode soon with things that I learned from dating, but I just want to encourage you to stop being hyper-focused on being so intentional to have the answers if this person is it or not. I know for me, like in the first month of dating, I, well, okay, let's be real, like the whole time of dating, (laughs) um, I was so focused on like, okay, I have to ask all these intentional questions and he has to meet everyone in my life and he, I need to see the dynamics that, you know, are between him and my family. Um, They need to be able to ask him all of these questions. I need to know if he's it. And like I said, like intentionality is so good. But I got so focused on like, I need to figure out the answers instead of, okay, Lord, I'm placing this relationship in your hands and I trust you with this. And I didn't pray this prayer that I now want to pray into any relationship that I move forward into in the future of if this relationship is distracting me from you, Lord, then I don't want it. Because truly, our heart posture needs to be out of a place of trusting the Lord and Jesus truly being our everything instead of being like, I need to figure out if he or she is the one and being so hyper-focused on that. And so 
I just want to encourage you that if you are seeing red flags in a relationship um, in the person that you're dating now or, you know, in past relationships, it is better to be brave and to follow the Lord in obedience if he's leading you to end it or if your significant other ends it than it is for you to be with someone that isn't God's best for you. If it doesn't work out, you'll probably be in the place that I was and thinking again and again that what did I do wrong? Instead of coming to a place of surrendering and saying to the Lord, Lord, you ended this for a reason. So help me to see the areas that I messed up in that I can work on, but ultimately let me see this ending as a new beginning of ways that I can trust you. Obviously, like I said, be intentional, but also take off this pressure. Also, if you are in the place that I was in a few months ago when the breakup happened of, oh, I did everything to mess this up or, you know, whatever, give yourself grace. Be thankful in the fact that you get to add more tools to your tool belt. And if it ends in marriage, praise God. If it ends in a breakup, praise God. (laughs) I know that can sound silly, but truly, praise the Lord no matter how it ends up because the Lord knows what's best. And he sees all that would happen down the road that you just don't see. So be in a place of thanksgiving. Praise the Lord for allowing this relationship to have happened and all the memories you created together, plus what God had taught you through this, and now move on. God is not a halfway healer. He heals and then he says, get up and walk. So friend, start walking. Give yourself that space to heal. Give yourself grace. But once that time has passed on, and you'll know. But once that time has passed, it's time to start walking forward. So now look back on all the Lord has done and is doing right now in your breakup. And then ask yourself, who am I now because of this breakup? You truly learn a lot in breakups. Like, I I was shocked. I had no idea. In all honesty, I had no idea. But I also want to encourage you to not force the healing to come. I tried forcing the healing to come quicker because I was so sick of having memories that came back or so sick of missing him and feeling fine and then something that came up again that would trigger my thoughts and then the tears would come back and it was just like a big roller coaster, big loop of memories. But forcing this healing won't help you heal quicker. It just makes the process longer and then trust me, the healing will come. But maybe not in your timing but it will come. So stop trying to force healing to come in your timing. The Lord gave me a phrase two weeks after the breakup that I believe he wanted me to live in, and that is cease striving. This isn't a, I'm going to just sit here on my hands and do nothing type moment. It is an active waiting. So in the breakup, I was led to start asking the Lord, what else do you want me to take out of my life so I don't take these things into the next season? In that question, he showed me things that were in my heart and life that was not honoring to him while dating, and that now he's been pruning of my heart and mending in me. But he also made me realize things that I liked or didn't like in this person and in our relationship. So I can add this to a list for future relationships, if that be the Lord's will. So I asked the Lord, what did you do in this season that made me more like you? And that helped me also to start having a perspective of having a heart of gratitude and seeing the beauty in the midst of ashes. I also had to realize that there are layers of grief. One, the grief you feel from a relationship you loved. Even if you were the one who 
broke up with the person, there's still grief because there was good in that relationship. And if you're serious about stepping into marriage and felt hope with that person and now hope is being deferred, that hope alone needs to be grieved. I had to grieve that hope. And if you don't grieve it, then your heart will stay shut down. And it's called an attachment fatigue. It keeps your heart locked up so then you can't experience love and affection from someone who is wanting to pursue you until you have healed and processed the grief. A podcast I would highly suggest learning how to heal or even knowing how to date well is called Alive and Free. On this podcast, they said, grief will find you when it needs to find you and leave you when it needs to leave you. This grief needs to be here because it needs to be dealt with. If I start numbing it or run away or start dating again right after the breakup and rush ahead, then I will have to deal with this grief later. So embrace it and grieve every aspect as long as it takes. Grieve as intentionally as you can. Get it out by journaling, praying, and just don't numb it. You have a hole in your heart and fixating on how much you loved being with them, miss them, and focusing on the fun you had together is making you grieve those memories in that person instead of healing from the wounds that are actually there. You won't get the pain out if you're focused on the wrong thing. This breakup will help bloom your heart in a way that sets you up for the next relationship. And I just really thought that was a beautiful way of explaining what grief is and also that you need to come to this place of grieving well so that your heart is is ready if God wants you in the next relationship or not even just the next relationship, but at a position for a church or for a job, your heart needs to be ready to move into those next seasons of life. Part of going through the grief process is so that I'm living in a whole and healed life with having a mindset switch. When I would wake up thinking back on the great things that we had or things that I totally messed up in or times that I would think about the gift of his family, God had me then write these things down to show me that these were ways that God cared for me then and that he is caring for me in the same way now. This is a list that now I can look back on when I would have fear of relationship or fear that God won't be gracious again in the future as a reminder that he truly is trustworthy and that there is hope even in the pain of letting go. I felt led to share one of my journal entries a week after the breakup. Um, I felt led to share this because um, I just really want it to be known that you are seen in your pain and to remind you that you are not alone in this and to encourage you once again to be incredibly honest and vulnerable before the Lord. So this is what I wrote down. I don't even know what hope means. Hope feels dangerous. I'm sitting on here on my floor crying in the middle of the night with my knees to my chest. I don't know what to do other than ask for help. But in this moment, I don't even feel like I can do that. I feel weak. I feel lost, unseen, and unworthy of love. Why is there no guy who loves me for me? I feel like I'm constantly giving love and not being loved in return. I feel like I deserve this box that I'm sitting in. Though you offer for me to come out, Lord, I am not taking your hand. Trusting you feels scary right now, and waiting for the healing to come feels like death. I was feeling like the Israelites when God led them out of slavery. Yes, he led them out of slavery, but he also led them into a desert season. In that time, he provided for them, but they wanted more. He was leading them to the promised land, 
and all that they had to do was walk, but they weren't satisfied and chose fear and idols instead of choosing obedience and trust. But then I also think of Jesus. In the midst of pain and betrayal, a deep night of darkness and temptation in the garden before he was taken away to be later crucified, he asked the Father, If it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will but yours be done. He still, in that moment of pain and betrayal, chose surrender. He still chose to place his hope in God the Father. He still chose obedience and trust. And we may look at that and say, God, did you even care about your son? And maybe you're asking those same questions about yourself now. Do you even care about me right now? Do you even care about my desires and my dreams? But even in the deepest pain, his son endured because God was still moving. And once Jesus died, there was three days. Three days that the people mourned, maybe yelled at God, sat in their pain and sorrow, and maybe questioned if God was trustworthy. But on the third day, he showed us all what he intends to do with death. He showed us what he intends to do with surrender, the waiting, and the lack of hope. Audrey Assad has a song um, called I Shall Not Want, which was a song that I wept to, and I sang out to the Lord the night after the breakup. I was just on my knees in my room and singing these lyrics. And so I just pray that they will encourage you to just be with Jesus and to just trust him even in your pain, to get on your hands and your knees and to just weep before the Lord and pour out your heart before God and just worship him because that's a moment of intimacy that is only between you and the Lord. And so the lyrics say, From the love of my own comfort, from the fear of having nothing, from a life of worldly passions, deliver me, O God. From the need to be understood and from a need to be accepted, from the fear of being lonely, deliver me, O God. And I shall not want, no, I shall not want. When I taste your goodness, I shall not want. Another song that spoke exactly how my heart was feeling that night and then showed me there is purpose and beauty in lamenting was Weep With Me by Rend Collective, which says, I don't need answers. All I need is to know you care for me. I will wrestle with your heart, but I won't let you go. You know I believe, but help my unbelief. Yet I will praise you. Yet I will sing of your name here in the shadows. Here I will offer my praise. What's true in the light is still true in the dark. You are good, you are kind, and you care for this heart. Lord, I believe you weep with me. When he becomes your all, nothing else will matter. The following weeks, and honestly, it continues where I'm taking inventory with the Lord for what the Lord wants me leaving behind as I move forward. Through this breakup, God showed me a lot of things that I would love to have in a future spouse if that's his will for me, and then things that I've added to the list that I don't want to have. This breakup led me to start a non-negotiable list, which has honestly helped my eyes to stay on Jesus even more as I've had opportunities to settle for a guy. But because of this list and what the Lord taught me in the last season, I can now say no and trust him as I walk forward. There was pain, but it was all part of the process, a process that the Lord was in completely, and he'll never let go of my hand. 
In this, the Lord showed me how to have a quiet heart that rests in Him, even in the chaos of life. So I just want to encourage you, even in your pain of a breakup, or maybe you didn't get a job position you were hoping for, or the loss of a family member, that the Lord is sitting with you in that pain. And especially if you're going through a breakup, make that non-negotiable list. Write down these things that God showed you in your in your pain, as well as he showed you in your relationship. Take inventory of these things. Something a man at my church spoke over me after my breakup was this. You are a jewel. You are wonderfully made. You need a man who sees your worth in Christ. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12 says, A worthy woman who can find, for her price is far above rubies. So friend, I want to encourage you with this. Your worth in Christ means you are worth far more above the most beautiful jewel in the whole world. And if a guy doesn't see that in you, or if you're just not his lady, then it's good that you're no longer in his life. In this pain of a breakup, you also need to break up with settling. And so tune in for next week's episode as I have Georgia Brown on the podcast to talk about what it looks like to break up with settling. But I also want to encourage the one who is a few months post-breakup and still has memories that come back and tears that fill your eyes or discouragement because you feel like you haven't healed and moved on. I want to encourage you to live in the grace that Christ has for you. Sometimes we go through the healing for the first month or two and then we feel like now that surgery is over, I've spent time resting, I can slap a bandage on it and move on. But sometimes (laughs) the Father sits us back down which so much love and gentleness and takes that bandage off because the wound is not fully healed yet. And now by slapping a bandage on it, it can make it worse if it wasn't fully tended to and ready for the bandage. Everyone's healing and timeframes are going to be different than the next person. So don't compare your healing journey and your healing timeframe to anyone in your life. Forcing healing isn't going to heal you. But take heart because someday you will be able to look back on this scar and say, my king healed that scar. And sometimes this healing still needs time because the father just wants to be with you. It allows a continual conversation with the Lord. I felt like I was fully healed a month and a half in. (laughs) And then I went on a little mini vacay with my family to the mountains and all the feels came back because the last time I was there was with my ex. I was discouraged, and I beat myself up a lot. And one of my best friends told me this. Stop being so harsh with yourself. Stop telling yourself you're okay when you need to mourn longer. You have the opportunity to cry out to God like you never have before, because you've never gone through anything like this. And remember, you're only a month and a half in, so give yourself the space and the grace to mourn and heal. Look at Jesus like a trainer. We're going to go through training and it's really tough and it hurts and it's not easy. But then our trainer gives us a break and lets us catch our breath and rest. But then we get back into the training. He is our lion and our lamb, our strength and our gentleness. It's like a woven rug. Looking up close to it may look very ugly and chaotic. But once you step back, it looks like a masterpiece. We can thank God for building our testimonies even though you may still be in the middle of it. I would also suggest to make sure you have a community to surround you during this time. 
and who can encourage you and point you to Jesus. I'm so thankful in that time that I have had a very loving family who surrounded me. And in that also, I have best friends and just a great community who were there when I needed to call them and just cry. Truly, I had people I was calling in the middle of the night, probably waking up, I'm sure, but just really struggling. And there were people that were encouraging me and pointing me to the Lord in those times. I even had people calling things out in me and made me realize my mistakes in the relationship and made me realize really this big root of control and pride. And ultimately in that, there were people, my family, my friends, my community, who turned my eyes to Jesus because Jesus really was the only one that got me through this. In this time of the breakup, though, is very painful. I'm starting to see why the Lord allowed it to happen. I won't get into all the reasons since that's between me and the Lord, and that doesn't need to be all over the internet. (laughs) But one of the reasons was to show me my insecurities, my fears, my problem with control, and needing to learn more about my security and trust in Jesus. There were a lot of times I wanted to look at the guy and blame everything on him since I was the one being broken up with. But the Lord humbled me and had me realize that I was just in deep need of Jesus and just as in deep need of this pruning and growth as this guy was. I would encourage you with the same thing. Don't try to point out all these things in him or her and point out everything they did wrong or that you didn't like. Sure, take inventory of these things, but really make sure you're plucking the log out of your own eye first. Look at your life and the things that you can grow in the Lord. Learn to do differently and let him prune you. I would also encourage you to not talk badly about your brother or your sister in Christ. No matter how much pain they might have caused you, bad-mouthing them isn't going to help the situation. Bad-mouthing the person is not loving your sibling in Christ. They are also a child of God, and their life is between them and the Lord, just as your life is between you and the Lord. So I wanted to just um, bring up three songs that really encouraged me in this time, as well as the two songs that I had already previously shared and read off the lyrics. Um, But these three songs were, one, The Giver of Life by The Harvest, two, The Meantime by Joshua Leventhal, and three, Gratitude by Brandon Lake. And some sermons that encouraged me in this time were sermons from the porch, so I'd highly encourage you to look up those sermons. 2 Corinthians 1-5 through says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. This breakup was truly a Michelangelo moment for me, if you will. And people asked Michelangelo how he carved such an amazing sculpture of David. Of David, And he just said, I chipped away any parts that didn't look like him. So now God has done that in my heart. And I really believe and know that he is doing it in other hearts as well. Any parts of my life and heart that don't look like him, and then don't look like me made in the image of Christ, which then ultimately are, you know, areas that are not honoring to him and living of the flesh. 
He takes those things and he chips them away with such love and gentleness and care. He is a God who can be trusted. And when one door is closed, praise him in the hallway. He is trustworthy. So friends, that is my two-part episodes of what I learned from the breakup that happened in October. And I just pray and hope that I really encourage you all. And as I said in my first episode, that ultimately just pointed your eyes closer to Jesus to remind you that you're not alone in this pain, to encourage you to go to Jesus with your hurt and your pain, the lies, the fear, and just to remember that he is the only one that's going to comfort you in this, that he is good, that he does care for you, and that he is trustworthy. And if this episode encouraged you or you think it will encourage someone you know, please feel free to pass on this episode to any friends and family, as well as make sure to follow on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And I will talk to you all next week. All right. Bye.